Welcome everyone to Being Experiential Podcasting. I'm Bethany Evans and I'm here with my lovely co-host Erin Pruitt and today we are talking about fears and phobias. Um, so why did we choose this topic Erin Pruitt? So we chose this to- <laughs> yes I'm Erin hello I'm Erin Pruitt. <laughs> um, so we chose this topic because one, we see it in our practice and with our clients, and we really want to distinguish what is fears and what is phobias and what are some of the tools that we walk our clients through, how to utilize them. And also like the fears are so, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Bethany, when clients come to us, we like, I actually did the, at Kelly's crystal happy hour where we, you and I both will do the mini readings. Mm-hmm. It was similar fears consistent. It's almost like the attraction of group readings or when I do those kind of events. Yeah. Like, like attracts like. So the there was a similar, I literally had back to back, back, back people with the similar fears and it was mostly about romantic relationships and yeah. a little bit about like confidence slash work, mm-hmm. which was secondary. It was Sagittarius, so mostly. <laughs> I love Sag energy. But I, yeah, and I wish I could be like, oh my gosh, I just talked to three others like you. Yeah. There's variances and differences, but people have very oftentimes common fears yeah. and phobias too, or can be pretty, there's some common ones. Yeah. That happened to me on Sunday. I worked an event um, locally in Ventura and yeah, there's always the common themes that you get with mm-hmm. people. And it's like, because again, we're a collective energy. So we're, we're usually, a, you know, and who you're going to attract is going to be similar to what you experience too. So we're going to be moving through the same types of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, totally. What if, like, again, we're going to talk about common fears because there are like most common ones that that Mm -hmm. most people experience. Totally. So here, first thing we'll do is to help everyone out is we're going to define fear and we're going to define a phobia. So fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So remember, it's unpleasant emotion and likely to cause pain or threat, or our interpretation is that it's likely. Mm -hmm. Here's the delineation. A phobia is a type of anxiety disorder defined by a persistent or excessive fear of an object or situations. Phobias typically result in rapid onset of fear and are present for more than six months. So the delineation is it's more acute Mm-hmm. And it has a longer shelf life of you're feeling that acute fear um, or anxiety mm-hmm. over a longer shelf life of six months or longer. Right. So, yeah, it's, that, that I feel like that's usually what I work with people on is like helping them move through things that they've experienced over their lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you do with past life regression stuff. Usually. Yeah, totally. That, that came up one time where I was. I was trying to heal something and I was feeling confused about what, what, what it actually was or what was happening. And it got suggested to do past life regression, uh, because I'm most likely experiencing something in a past life that I'm meant to mm-hmm. heal or that's coming up. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> and we're totally going to get into that. Cause actually, uh, Bethany has helped me with a phobia that I have. It was very timely unbeknownst to me. Was it? Um, and kind of, what that looks like. So B, what are the most common fears and phobias uh, in the U S well, Google says, (laughs) I mean, there could be more of the capital G. Yeah. There could be more of them, but these are like the most common ones. I tried not to go to write too many, 
spiders, snakes, heights, flying, dogs, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, thunder and lightning, um, so, or like storms. Injections, which I think is also needles, you know, I feel like those go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like even if you have, are you afraid of getting tattooed? Because you have a fear. I won't, I wouldn't, that would be, that would be, penetrating the skin is my term. I don't want anything. Injection though. What? I don't know. Getting a tattoo, it's just different. Yeah, but it's still penetrating, right? It's still slicing the skin. Yeah, it's more of like a scraping. But is it breaking the skin? Of course, you have. It's like, you're just like yeah. dragging it instead of just one hole. Like <laughs> okay, okay. pop the balloon. You're like I'm going in and then dragging. I know. Shallow, dragging. Anyways, okay. Can in you close- see that you're talking with someone who had a phobia of it? Yes, she's. Yeah, this was the phobia <laughs> we worked on. Um, enclosed spaces, insects, and then this is one I actually didn't write or didn't see on Google, but then it came up, which was public speaking. Um, oh yeah. I've, I've had to work on that for myself. And then, so those are like physical ones, right? And then okay. I wanted to bring up emotional ones because Perfect. I feel like this is what I usually address with my clients. So rejection, mm. abandonment, vulnerability, commitment, and then failure and success. Those are the most common ones mm. I see. <laughs> and the first one you said is rejection? Rejection, yeah. yeah. Which again, it's like, and it's interesting, I guess we'll kind of get into this, but most of those emotional ones are tied some somewhere in with these physical ones. You know what yeah, I mean? Abs- yeah, totally. Which we don't realize, which is what was crazy when we were doing yours. I was, and like when you did it for, cause we, when we did Theta Healing, we uh, were partnered with each other and we were doing this together. And I was just like, where the hell, like, how did that, how did my fear of heights get, uh, go into that space? <laughs> yeah. We definitely, I, so there's a, yeah, I exercise that I worked on Bethany and then she worked on me and it was funny. She did heights. I did needles. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, interesting. Okay. So what, um, what are, what are the ones that, what are some of the common fears and phobias you come across? Like with people? I feel like, uh, yeah. Phobias, fear of speaking, vulnerability, or, um, uh, I don't know if it's phobia. So I come across, because I don't deal with ph- phobias as much, but I deal with fears. Like, and it's it's usually around failure, success, and it has a different flavor. When someone um, is scared to fail, it feels differently. And I will dress, I'll tweak the coaching than a fee, um a fear of success it has like i don't i never noticed the difference have you noticed it yes there i can tell when it's when which one it is when it comes up but it's weird because they're two sides of the same coin right it's essentially mm-hmm. the same fear but it's but like you know what i'm but opposite. it's got a, it's got a variance to it that's like right. i because i used to just say feel f- fear of failure and then i was like got really clear like oh no someone's not scared to fail but they are not they're scared to get either successful or or there's a limit to the success right oh shit they're scared to break through exactly and have that's definitely me (laughs) uh yeah um i think rejection is definitely one of them yeah um i see that in dating i'll bring it up later but who mindful dating like i am like sweet baby jesus like 
we talk about it a lot and then vulnerability and vulnerability. What I appreciate is I think it was packaged differently when I first started coaching. Sometimes it was like being honest or, and it's not that like people are, it's almost like they're trying to get to the most, it's getting to the most honest part of yourself. Right. But it's a process. And I think some people don't have a lot of practice getting there and when they do learn how to get there, or it shows up, uh, like showing it, letting it come out right. and showing it. In, when, when I was training in our, my coaching program, they used to do that. And they'd be like, somebody was struggling to say what they wanted. If somebody was struggling to say what they wanted to actually say, the coaches would be like, what's the most vulnerable thing you can say right now? Right. And it's like, just mm. what's actually in your head? Because a lot of the times we have the thought or the feeling yeah. and we know what we want to say, but then we find ways to package it differently so that it's more appealing <laughs> to the yeah. person that, that it's, we're saying it to. Totally. I agree. And I think it's one, it's like delivering communication. That's like straight as straight as it's you know what's the most vulnerable way you can say this but mm-hmm. i also think it's sometimes saying why you are the way you are or yeah. something a wound yes. watching i mean just look at sexual assault like watching that be played out and communicating um is really and i had some conversations recently with it was very light touch it was more like you know, cocktail conversation, but the mm. sexual assault came up and yeah. it was, I watched other women in the room take the temperature of the room. Like, can I share? Because mm-hmm. if I bring up that I was assaulted mm-hmm. and I could bring it up in a way that it's, you know, adjusted. So it's not too raw, like really managing the share. Right. Is it safe to bring it up? Exactly. Like, is it going to get swapped away, slapped away? Is it going to get justified? Right. Cause yeah. Cause then then all the other fears come in. They're going to reject me. They're going to abandon me. Right. They're going yeah. <laughs> to, I'm mm-hmm. going to be, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's, um, I think it takes, yeah, it takes practice sometimes to almost like walk through your fear, mm-hmm. like feel it, move through it. And then it's like weightlifting and it's a practice mm-hmm. to do it, to, to be vulnerable or to expose yeah. yourself to rejection. Yeah. Um, or judgment too. It's like, I think yeah. that's also what we fear is even if they're not, we, even if they're not going to reject us or abandon us, we know that they're going to silently judge us or they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, make us wrong for how we're showing up something like yeah. that. And I think sometimes fears also can, they've sp- like, that's what projection sometimes is about. Like, oh, I have, I had this experience with my parents or with my ex oh, I'm having this conversation and it feels like that. And then all of a sudden we're living out of fear and we don't check for reality. Yeah. And the, you know, and and who knows what's happening. Um, But I think that's something too, that I do a lot in my mindful couples, Mm -hmm. my uh, mindful mate is like helping them like, well, I'm going to check for reality. Is there a projection? Yes. He has been a jerk about this for like 10 years, but he's just recently had an aha. He's not the best at mm-hmm. being what you've asked him to be, but he's learning. He's like, you know, like a toddler learning, I mean, a baby learning how to walk. And, mm-hmm. but in those times, it's like everyone has to yeah. practice moving through the fear, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
it gets it gets it's messy. Like fucking tricky. Yeah, it's messy. It's weird. It's like it's a it's uncomfortable because it means growth is going to happen. You know. Yeah, I I agree. Is there anything that I haven't mentioned or that you want to add to that you see that you see fears or phobias? Mm, I don't think so. I think I said all of the ones I see. Okay. What do you think has been the hardest fear for clients to overcome that you've encountered? Fear of, well, I guess I didn't, well, maybe this is one. <laughs> Here's a new one. Fear of the past repeating itself. Mm. I don't know if that goes along with all that stuff, but yeah, it, I, I guess that's different. It's just that, and because that is more of like a phobia, right? It's like when people are healing a phobia, things that have happened over a long period of time, it gives them anxiety uh, there, when you, when you've done, when you've made progress through it, that's when I see people, then that fear comes up is like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, is it going to happen again? Is it going to keep happening? Like, I feel so good. I haven't felt this or, you know, Oh, I attracted this wonderful new person and it doesn't feel like what I used to have. Is it going to happen again? You know? And, and, And again, that's where you're talking about seeing reality for what it is instead of the fear that's coming up, um, can be difficult for people. It can be for me for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, and I think of the clients I get because I think it's similar, but it's a little different cut is fear of trusting themselves. Like, oh, I couldn't trust myself. And I see that Mm -hmm. I get so many clients and I feel like oftentimes, and you and I've talked about this, we're trying to help them see that they have these tools to uh, unpack what was there Sorry, a sound that happened? Could you hear that? Could you? No, hear what was it? Scratching on the door. Okay, oh. I'm just making sure. Nope. <laughs> Bethany has dogs with her currently, so yeah. she's I'm trying to make face. So if I, it's like the sound. I'm worried about the sounding of everything. So, yeah, I didn't hear it. Okay, I like I talk loud. No, I'm glad. I just if you didn't hear it, then they didn't. So uh, <laughs> veer back. <laughs> Whatever you were saying. Your sound right now. But I think with um, trusting themselves and I, you know, one of the best things I heard early on when I started my own business was our job is to teach our children to trust themselves, is to believe and trust our children and that will help them trust themselves. And I feel like sometimes I'm a surrogate parent, Mm. bringing people, clients back to believing in themselves and trusting themselves. Yeah. And then that is when you believe yourself, I feel like that oftentimes can help you push through rejection. Oh yeah. Push through, um, really allow yourself to be vulnerable because you're like, I need to fucking say this Uh or I feel this and I don't care that you're looking at me like I'm totally a dipshit or I'm being overly dramatic. I I gotta say it and I gotta say it exactly the way I need to say it. Uh Yeah. It's that developing that confidence and just showing up however you are. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, be, uh, B and I are talking about being messy. And I think that's one thing we're noticing in our relationship as in the podcast is I don't think you and I really get messy. No, we sometimes, well, see, I think it's easier for us to get messy when we're, it's just you and I talking sometimes, you know, like sometimes we'll make dumb mm. jokes or we'll veer off onto some no, like messy, like pissed or irritated. Oh, oh, okay. Well, is that messy? I don't know. Like what is messy? Messy is also messy like- is when I'm like a bitch. Okay. It's for me. Messy for me is if I got recorded and other people saw it and I'd be embarrassed, that's messy. 
Okay. So for me, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about that. For me, it's more so like if I got emotional and I started crying, you know, something visibly upset me and I was like, I don't, that's messy to me. So showing emotion, like, but upset, like sad emotion or like being sad, crying. Um, but not even just, even if it's cause I'll get, I'm so sensitive that I'll cry if it's happy or like if something so beautiful. Right. Or it's like, that kind of messy or if I like that okay to show if it's beautiful no, I don't like it for for whatever mm. reason it's that to me means oh that people are gonna look at me weird they're gonna think you're weird because you're like oh you're crying at this movie or you're crying because you're happy or you're uh I don't know like yeah see <laughs> so you so if I understand you correctly you're messy is when you show emotion yeah like like not like crying happy sad anything that's kind of on this okay because mine is um showing i don't mind that okay i don't mind being sad it's when i'm pissed and i think it's because i'm not being consistent to what i am my promise professionally i'm coaching people out of being angry mad losing their shit and here i go fucking losing my shit and i'm like oh my god like you don't get room to do that you need to get your check yourself it doesn't mean i don't do it i just where do you do it (laughs) what i'll say where do you do it most often with carl he could piss me off like nobody's business yeah um and and he's a match so what happens is if i get mad he can he can out mad me so i'll be like yeah i'll name call let's say i'm not quick to name call but if i get pissed i'll be like oh um oh we're the big bad boy we're gonna be like because carl's this big guy i'll like do a mocking him yeah nothing like mocking six five kind of guy that like like identifies as like tough and emotionally like controlled mm-hmm. and i'm like oh we're gonna be the big bad and i'll mock him and then he actually is better he can hit me harder with his yeah. words yeah and so then i'm like fuck i did it to myself because i started it or i leveled it up like i took it to another level yeah and i think oh my gosh if anyone were to record this i'd be so embarrassed that i didn't take high ground (laughs) like I could I didn't take the high ground well yeah I mean it's honestly it's just being messy is just being human like that's a human thing like we all experience those things and nobody's perfect and I think that is what the fear is is like not showing up perfect and you know edited and contained and that like nobody can show up like that 100% of the time I know, but I feel like, I think there's something, it's probably because I grew up Catholic that I'm, the yeah. universe is going to spank me <laughs> with bad karma because like, I think I get blend fear of the, of God with karma. But I feel like, oh, if I don't check my shit at the door and really manage it and, and, beca- and mm-hmm. be as conscious in my arguments as possible, I am so, I'm going to get punished. Mm, okay and so fear of punishment there's another one yeah oh yeah fear of punishment from the universe like well, i'm not yeah, worried with carl what, he's what you reap is what you sow so if mm-hmm. so that's like yeah if that's what i'm putting out there then you're afraid of getting that back 
Yeah. Or, and, or being found out by my clients. Oh, mm-hmm. look at Aaron guy. She just walked me and my husband through this and look at her being a little shit. And funny though, is that, okay. So, so like I just recorded, um, for YouTube, uh, like Zodiac readings for each sign and I was doing Libras and in the, the message in there was about showing up a way that like, that you want to show up and, and in doing so you're the fear, the fear that it is so funny. It's like totally picking up on what you were this, the you're afraid that you're going to, people aren't going to want to work with you because of it. Right. But, but in doing so in showing up that way in owning the fact that yes, this is how I show up. Sometimes you're actually going to create more safety for them. You're going to attract more types of people and you're going to get what you want through showing up that way Mm. because people are going to be like, Oh yeah. Well, because here's the thing is if we show up perfect and we don't show that messy side of ourselves, then everyone's going to think that we're always perfect and they're not going to feel comfortable yeah, they're not gonna their work. messy selves with us because they're going to be like, oh, well, she's not going to understand because she never gets mad. She never gets upset. Oh, yeah. And that's funny because <laughs> I'll show up messy almost in anything. Yeah. Other than when I'm pissed. Yeah. And it's and not when- like you're going to get pissed with your clients, right? I'm sure you don't get pissed with them. Do you? No. Okay. They don't. No, because it's, uh, it's funny. I was like, no, because you pay me. But maybe it's just sharing. Maybe it's just sharing with your clients. Hey, I did this one time and I'm not proud of it. Do you do that? It, yeah, I'll do that. No, I'll, I'm so transparent. But yeah. in the moment, yeah, I want to have a fit. I'll be like, listen, girl, like this is the internal conversation I'm having is like, uh-huh. check yourself. Like, this is not what you're committed to. You don't coach us. You better walk the talk, girlfriend. And though I'm very compassionate for other people, to have be messy, angry. I'm talking like the angry side of messy. Yeah, I get it. Um, I don't can be destructive give myself that room. if you don't check it. No, I yeah. get that. Because again, we know it can go too far, but then there's also healthy anger, which is like when a boundary is being crossed. Yeah. You can clearly feel that it is. And you're like, no, motherfucker, leave me the fuck alone. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you were defending yourself, that's what anger is. It's like- And it's funny because I, like I have Kelly and I, we joke, Kelly owns Healing Portal. We're friends and we travel together. And there's times she did something. We were traveling. She was upset about stuff, but like yeah. upset throughout the day. And I'm like, and finally at dinner, I was like, we're in fucking Ireland. I'm over it. I am yeah. not paid thousands of dollars to sit here across from a pouty baby. And I was like, oh God, flip the table. <laughs> what's weird is I was not upset with myself after. I was very like, that was the truth. Yeah. And, but it's when I'm being, maybe it's bitchy. Mm. Maybe there's a bitchiness to it because if I would have come at her in a way that was like mocking or something else mean, I was just like done. Right. And maybe that's what you're learning. The line between being, um, being pet, like, I don't know what the word is, not petty, but you're being like insulting about it rather than just owning the truth of what's happening for you. You know? So there's like, you see, because, and that's where we just, we learn the difference is yeah. we're all going to get to that point where we do shit. We're not say shit. We're not proud of, you know, like yeah. and insult people and use our words to cut people. Like I, yeah, like I've done that. And, and then you go back and you own it. And, but again, you also have to look at, okay, why did I get like that? You know? Yeah. And then how can I, which I think is good. It's good that you show up that way. 
Yeah, no, and, and it's funny because as we're talking, I'm realizing, oh, I didn't really, wasn't scared of, sorry, everyone, you're on the boat of me processing this. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of came Welcome. out. Uh, <laughs> this is a... But I did, yeah, it's, it's, I, so I'm going to look at that. I'm going to come back because I do think I just had an aha in this conversation with you, Bethany's, because I don't know if it's a fear of blowing up, if I feel like I've tried everything, it right. might be a fear of being like, I keep hearing bitch, like being, being a bitch a about bitch. it. What? You're afraid that you're going to be seen as a bitch or like. No, when it, I'm being bitch. Or you, you know. Unkind. Okay. So when like you're being, a, okay. Yeah. Like I, you irritate me and I'm like, I take a breath da, da, da. and there's something else there that I really go out of my way to avoid. So I probably somewhere in me think I'm a bitch and I don't want to admit it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, be a bitch. Maybe your practice is to just be a bitch. Oh God, <laughs> I should tell Carl when he gets home. He's going to be like, what the hell are you? Oh my every listener now you're gonna pick something to be like and I remember one time I did this exercise in which we're training he said listen you sometimes we try to hide parts of our shadows yeah. just be it and be it big yeah. and I was like okay. oh okay, my God, did so you read funny. my post that I, I just posted this the other day about the word bitch <laughs> I, no, I missed that <laughs> on Instagram I'm gonna read it to you and the listeners okay because okay. I wrote you are a badass bitch okay that's the graphic and it says, if the word bitch is offensive to you, I invite you to see it this way. Bitch is defined as a female canine. Canines such as wolves and dogs designate alphas in their packs, those at the highest rank of dominance in their hierarchy. Just as the word pussy has been hijacked to be an insult, so has the word bitch. The way these words are used in our society shows the fear and ignorance towards the strengths that women inherently possess, both dominant and submissive. We are both, we are all, we are alphas, which is also defined as the first, the beginning. Um, and then I, uh, and then at the end I said, own that you are a badass bitch. When someone calls you a bitch as an insult, thank them and smile. <laughs> it is actually a compliment that shows much more about their insecurities towards you. Let them be afraid. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't think I've been called a bitch in a long time. And I probably last time I was called a bitch either with my sisters mm -hmm. or probably Chris. And again, it goes back to like, are you afraid of how the other person feels about you or is it? you knowing you're just being a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's a difference. There's a difference between somebody else sees me as a bitch and I'm taking it on as like somebody's making me wrong for showing up this way. Therefore I'm a bitch or am I actually being like immature? You know what um, I mean? And insulting. I, I, my senses is it's more like I'm actually being that way and I'm going to get like, it's in it's not consistent to who i'm committed mm. so i used to say for a long time um you we need to be disciplined oh discipline was a value for me for years like don't get too pissy bitchy whatever i would call it don't be an asshole but also don't be too silly goofy like i would let other people be it but i couldn't be it yeah that's not true. I didn't like people being assholes to me. <laughs> so I didn't, it was okay being goofy, silly. We judge it within ourselves. We're going to judge it with, uh, with yeah. other people. But I didn't like, so I think there's something around that. I'll look at that. I'll keep looking at that. Okay. So we'll get back to fears and phobias, but clearly I have a fear. I think I have a fear, potentially a phobia around being, I'm going to shift it to asshole because I'm going to own bitch like I own pussy. Yeah. Okay. You're just being a female dog. 
<laughs> you're being dominant. <laughs> yeah, I'll hump you like a motherfucker. Exactly. I'm, you're that's but you're just asserting authority. Like that's yeah. basically what what you're doing when people say you're a bitch. It's like, no, I'm just asserting boundaries, which you're really great at. And yeah. Sometimes when people cross those boundaries is when you have to get a, be a bitch. Yeah. Um, or when I'm just pissed. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they knew they crossed it. It's a landmine that might have been deep down and they're like, holy shit, what was that? But and you just if you and if you happen to, you know, be cutting with your words, you just apologize and own it. And hopefully the relationship continues. on. <laughs> this will be really I'm going to have to have this conversation with Carl. He's just going to be like, oh, I need a drink. It's going to be like something like, You're like, I hate you, Bethany. <laughs> like, oh, my God. She can't be on your inner circle friendship. Yeah. Take, kick her out. This He's, is Yeah. Can you find another <laughs> co-host? <laughs> um. So here's, so what's a fear that you have? I mean, being vulnerable is definitely mm. my fear. I don't actually want to tell people the actual thoughts in my head, what I'm actually feeling, <laughs> the view that I actually have of what's happening. <laughs> is it like, so if I, you saw something, you would like edit it back. Like if you're like, Aaron, stopping such a ball sack. You've been whining about this for 10 minutes. So if that was your thought, is it something like that you're more like straight shooter and then what you say is, hey, could you consider? Yes. You seem like you're kind of stuck in this area. Yes. Well, it's like, you know, we had a conversation when we were doing our theta healing that it was kind of like a, it wasn't like a conflict, but we were attempting to communicate about something that was difficult. Mm -hmm. And Aaron reflected to me that I was like, I, I kind of feel like I was like apologetic or I mean, not apologetic. I was like, this isn't a big deal, but it is also a big deal. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, I own that. I do that because I don't, I try not to trigger you. Right. And say, and say what I actually want to say. Um, so therefore I'll soften it. I'll cushion mm -hmm. it and be like, it's not actually a big deal, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. Right. But you know, but you also need to address it. So then, then, then Aaron was like, well, then I was confused. Like, is it a big deal or is it not a big deal? And then I would get mad and then it would like, you know, well, yeah, it's a big deal. Like, <laughs> hello, stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I will soften. I'll find another way to say something that's more digestible. Cause I mean, even you said that Aquarius, sometimes we just like can be harsh with our words. Yeah. Process harsh. And I get that. And I've had to, to do a lot of work in communication to the point to where sometimes I just don't communicate at all because I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to say this. That's going to come across as nice or <laughs> whatever the other person wants to hear. <laughs> no, I, I, it's funny. Cause to me, it's, it's funny that you say that. Cause I do, I do think Aquarius just have a way of like being really direct that some people would see as harsh, but I think it's also a skill set. It's a yeah. skill set to be that direct. And um, it's not great for personal yeah. relationships, maybe for Wait, business, what? right? As it's not great for personal relationships for business. It works great mm. because you're paying me to do that for you. Therefore I can, Yeah, but you know, when you have personal relationships, not everyone is going to like that you know, not appreciate it. And then over time you end up feeling like there's something wrong with you or you're the problem because you can't just say what you want to say, you know, it's and not going to be received well. 
Yeah, but it's so funny because the more I feel like I'm having all these ahas because I'm thinking of Carl. Like sometimes I'm like, damn it, he's so harsh. He's so abrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm always asking him to be softer. But I'm also I was wondering, like, I think I'm supposed to be. Maybe you're supposed harsh. to harsh. Maybe yeah. you're supposed to, you're, you're, you're supposed to harden. <laughs> and he's a tough enough human that can handle it. Like he's not okay, going to fall he- over from it. Well, even with what you just said is that when you guys fight and it's kind of like you're here and then he gets here and then, yeah. you know, it's like. He can outfight me exactly. on mean words like any right? day. Exactly. And he's not proud of it, but he's, he's a gentleman. Like they can yeah. fucking fight like nobody. Well, two fights. air signs, like fuck that. I don't. Yeah, I, no one wants to fight with an air sign. I don't sign. want, no, you don't want to fight with an air <laughs> sign. No win every no time. No one wants to physically get an altercation with a fire sign maybe, right. but no one wants to verbally fight with an air sign. No, you'll lose. You'll lose. Because one, we don't get as offended as quickly. No. And two, if we don't, like, it takes very, only few people get to offend us. And two, we're lining up the arguments yes. and how to get back at you. Like, it's like, ooh, we we're can- already on to the next thought as you're speaking. <laughs> totally. And Ugh. I was laughing. I think I one time got an argument with my lawyer who's a Virgo and he's a lawyer mm-hmm. he's trying to argue. And sometimes, and I'll come back. I was like, damn it, Aaron, you are like, cause I'll go to where it hurts. Mm-hmm. He's going, I'll go to where the wound is. Yep. Yeah. And, it's your skill, and it right? comes you out can... of nowhere. And it's like, what the fuck? Right. Cause you can see where people are are wounded yeah. just because you're intuitive and and that's what you do for a living and that's it i want to be responsible if you're intuitive you have to be responsible like, so when yeah, i'm not responsible poke, don't poke the bear yeah if you so know it's gonna I, poke the bear when like I am, people on purpose when i'm upset i'm like oh, i gotta be responsible because i was gifted these skills mm. and i could do more harm mm, there you go we pinpointed it oh <laughs> Well, I'm glad you all came for my sh- the show on how to fix Aaron. Like, no. it, it's, it's not fixing. <laughs> no, but there's nothing wrong. But, but again, this is how you can get to the bottom of a fear or a phobia, right? I guess yeah. we just gave you a real life. <laughs> Without even trying, <laughs> we gave you a real life example. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about um, suggestions for um, listening when it comes. So how can we um, when fears or phobias come up? Let's both share some of the things that people could do. Because at the end of this conversation, we're going to actually do a little exercise for each of you. But here's some more light touches. If you see a fear come up or a phobia. I feel like the the first thing you notice is like where it's coming up in your body, right? It's like Mm -hmm. you're going to have a physical sensation anxiety or you know like knots in your stomach or I don't know how it shows up like you know your heart's gonna beat fast whatever it is Mm -hmm. like this fear I think the biggest thing is first to like ground yourself and like stabilize your body like breathe through it allow Mm -hmm. it to move through you before you attempt to even do anything about it because if you try to take action or even change a thought process from that space of being triggered I don't it's not gonna go well (laughs) like you know Mm -hmm it's probably just going to make things worse. Um, and I get some people can have like full on panic attacks from fears and phobias, um, which is really scary because you feel like you're going to die and you're not really sure why. Um, but I think it's breathing through it and 
reminding yourself that you're okay, right? It's like tapping into your five senses too. So it's like, I think there's this like looking at one thing, one thing you can see or two things you can hear, you know, like going through the- Yeah, there's a practice where you can say yeah. what you see in the room. Right. This is like when you can just feel like almost like it's anxiety, like you're like yeah. whirling up and you're like, uh, you're, you're trying to stop it. Either A, one- right. You're, it's not a place to have to be in the anxiety or two, you can't seem to stop. And it's like, yeah, well, name five things you can hear right now. Name right. five things in the room that you see. I see a tree. Like, what do you touch? Yeah. Like, what can you feel? What, what are yeah. three things you can touch? Um, so you and that's grounding exercise yeah. that you were talking about. Cause that pulls us back to the present moment right. because in, when you're, when fear rolls into anxiety and you start swirling, you are already somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You might be in your office or in your car, but your, your emotional state mm -hmm. has taken your mind on a roller coaster ride. Absolutely. So the idea is like, wait, I'm not on the roller coaster ride. Wait, I'm in my car. Mm -hmm. yeah. I hope someone's honking. Like you get back to, and that just that little practice, mm -hmm. you can start sensing your body calming down, right. coming back coming back, coming back, come back. Exactly. And then that's when you can start to address what it was that came up. Yeah. And I tell some people that sometimes you need to tell yourself, it seems so silly, but it shows up when I do guided meditations is giving yourself permission. Like, okay, so let's say you had that anxiety attack, which is fear in a moment unleashed. Remember phobia is when it's over six months or longer, that anxiety. So this is could be somewhere before phobia is if you start going into an anxiety attack or your emotion, like it's starting to swirl, you can do the exercise to come back to the present. And then some people are like, well, then I tell people, but you have to give yourself permission not to think about it just for right now. Right. Like, it's not like I've got it resolved and your body knows it's not resolved. Like you're like, it's like, girlfriend, yeah. like, like ugh. I can go there again. Um, so what I tell people is, tell yourself like, okay, I'm driving home. When I get home, I can do it. Or tomorrow, or when I talk to my therapist or when I'm talking to Bethany in my session tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm going to, I'm back into reality. I'm going to take this anxiety. Yes. I want to, I want to feel it. I'm going to allow myself to really address it, but I'm going to put it on the shelf right now. Sometimes I tell clients to put it on a shelf or put it in a box. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I've had clients put it in a box with a lock on it on the shelf and they have the key in their pocket and they say, I had the key to my pocket. I'm not going to get it until I am in a safe place to do it. Yeah. And it's weird. It seems stupid. People are like, oh yeah, it's on the shelf. No, you have to like tell yourself. I'd say that I say suggestions like that to clients all the time. And I'm like, I know this sounds crazy, but, <laughs> but like it's going to work. Like if you can see it, you have to visualize or see the, whatever you're experiencing as outside of you, mm -hmm. because that's, what's going to get you to look at it objectively. Yeah. And feel like you have control over it too. Right. Cause it's like that. I feel like with the putting it in the box and on the shelf and having the key gives you some sense of control when the fear or phobia, the anxiety attack or whatever it is that's coming up, you don't feel like you have control over what's happening, you know? And so it's like regaining that sense of just like, I don't know, like you can regulate yourself. I think it's, I, what I see with clients oftentimes is they fear any type of emotion that comes with fear. They have it that that's who they are. Like that's their personality. And right. I like your, and I think what you're saying is, Hey, that's not your personality. This is a fear to keep you alive. 
The problem is you're having this social anxiety, like this social fear right now. No yeah. one's going to come and hit, kill you, but yeah. you feel like you're not trying to fit in. It feels like you're going to die, but you're not going to die. And we have to unpack that later. Yeah. So it's, um, it's really such a funny uh, tool that they realize that their fear, that that emotion is not who they are. The yeah. observer of that emotion of that thought process is who you are. And that when you can put it on the shelf, you're actually reminding yourself, Oh, that's not me. That's some, a tool I use to stay alive right now. It's making me want to crap myself. Yeah. I don't want to do that right now. Like, or I'm about to go give a speech and I don't want to be hyperventilating. Oh God. (laughs) Have you been there or something? You're like, Oh, that makes me want to freaking pass out thinking Mm. about public speaking. I get so tunnel vision, like, freaking like ears ringing afterwards. Like I go into this like whole other. And, yeah. And <laughs> those moments, sometimes what you could do too, especially if you're in social groups is telling someone like, yeah. Hey, I can feel myself getting a little freaked out or panic. Or I was, I felt like I was like my favorite trainer one time. He was, he was the best trainer I've ever seen up to that point. And what he did constantly was admit his emotional set point. And he was leading about a hundred people through yeah. their actually coaching them in their own lives. But yeah. he would say today's so important to me that I almost vomited. Yeah. So I just, and he would just, for him, it was the elephant. Right. Instead of acting like he wasn't going to vomit. Yes. It was like, it was cute because by the end of the weekend, he was like, I didn't eat. So eventually, so people would bring him snacks. Oh, and so you would see him That's and so it, was the, it was the sweetest thing because they were tending to him because he was so right. honest. Right. And then there, and he was this big guy. Like you could tell he was a, like, he like muscles, like he had to eat, like he burned probably just breathing. Yeah. And they would take care of him because he was vulnerable and honest. Yeah. And, and it took it out of the space for him. And then um, it was like this agreement, like he showed up, they showed up. Yeah. But he wasn't necessarily getting better at not wanting to throw up. He pretty much, every time it was something important, yeah, he'd be like, hold on, I'm I'm freaking out right now because this is really important. Yeah. Or I really want to be heard or I really want to hear you. Right. That's, uh, I get like that. With, just with, like I said, I worked in an event. This is the first time I'd ever done it, like with this um, nonprofit. You know, I got invited mm-hmm. to read tarot cards there and I was so nervous driving over there. And I'm like, I do this all the time. I was like, I don't get nervous. Like I used to get like that when I first started doing it with Kelly at the healing portal. Um, but now I'm so used to it that it's, I don't get nervous anymore, but I was like, I got so nervous driving over there. And I was like having to calm myself down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I did, and I'm the same way. I'm like, I won't eat. I'm like, you know, I just want it to go well. I just like, I'm hoping that I, cause it was for like a chair, you know, they're fundraising. And so I'm like, I hope that people come to me and want to get readings that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all worried about my performance and how it's going to be for other people. Um, yeah. It's funny that you say that. And I don't do well in admitting or t- telling people that I just pretend like everything's okay. And I don't think people Your vulnerability. Yes, exactly. Cause I, yeah, see, cause I feel like, <laughs> you know, people- play with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the thing is for me is I think I have been used to, and this is a phobia, I think of mine is, um, if I show up vulnerably, then other people, I then end up having to tend to other people rather than them tending to me. So if I show up vulnerably, they're not going to know how to, they're not gonna be able to take care of me. 
B, remember when we did your fear of heights? So yes. eventually we're going to talk about theta and B's really good at uh, working people through phobias. Um, your fear of height came down to being um, in a physical position where you couldn't take care. Like you yeah. can communicate yeah. how to take care of you. Therefore, people would not take care of you. Yes, exactly. Oh it's my like God. an overlap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. My of fear of vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. It's probably tethered to the same thing or something, but it. No, it definitely is. But that's why I don't communicate because it, it's that fear that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That but I it's, what? Go ahead. It, but I wondered too is like it, but it also keeps it alive because your fear of falling was that. Okay. So basically, when we started doing theta work on Bethany's phobia of heights what we came to the realization was I tell me if I'm saying this correctly is if you fell mm -hmm. it wasn't dying it was oh my god I'm gonna be incapacitated like yeah. I'll be alive alert but I'll be right. there but I can't tell people how to take care of me right and then they're gonna interpret what's best for me and it's not gonna be what I need right but then you don't speaking your vulnerability almost yep. guarantees people won't know how to take care of you Right. So I'm just keeping it alive. Yeah. That's like, I'm going to so take that kind of concept and apply it to what we just talked about for me too. I'm like, <laughs> but so you can see, like, I think yeah. as Bethany, like we share, like our fears and phobias sometimes keep certain things at play for us mm -hmm. um, to keep having it. And honestly, I feel like phobias like we don't even realize that, like, again, I feel like that's a phobia of mine. It's not a fear because it's consistent throughout my life. Mm -hmm. So you may not even realize that it's actually there <laughs> because you're like, because you're so used to keeping it there. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like you're so used to living through it. It's like one time, like recently someone was like, oh, you're really anxious. Like I went into, I went to Emma's herbs and got like my little reflexology thing. And she's like, oh, you're really stressed emma's herbs here in ventura california yeah it's great go go there <laughs> and no we don't yeah, herbalist. no we don't get paid for these what no one day we will but for now we'll just keep recommending people that because yeah, it's amazing anyways but i was like oh my god but when she said it i was like oh i guess i am but i was also like i'm just so used to being in this state that i didn't even realize that i was mm. you know and i was like oh my god like that's really fucked up <laughs> And sad. And I was like, I didn't feel bad for myself, but I was like, dude, like you're always stressed. You're always in a state of like hyper vigilance, you know, and yeah. anxiety. And it's been like that my entire life. And I didn't even realize it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what did she, what she did you take? Prescribe me like a shitload of sh stuff that I ended up taking. And then I got <laughs> sick after that because I was like, but she was like, you need to take a break. You need to like take a week off of work. You know, she's like, take a vacation. Um, and then I got like all this stuff for like my adrenals and um, my liver and all, you know, all kinds of stuff, detoxing. Yeah. But, um, but again, like because of that, I then immediately got sick. You know, it's like one of those things where yeah, you can go, go, go. And then you finally let yourself relax. Like I used to do this with school when I was in grad school. I remember getting sick immediately the yeah. day right after I finished like my last final because Chris I would do like, the same thing yeah because he would kick ass during the school year and I was like right. why do you plan something right after school give yourself a few days because you're yeah. gonna get 
something. Right. You're going to release it. I feel like it's a release. You're going to get the release out. Right. It is a release. And because I'm so used to just containing it in all the time. Yeah. How interesting. Um, I know too, with phobias to share with everyone is so um, you can also look at, sometimes it feels like you have a phobia, like you were born with it. Like how the hell did I get? Um, I've seen kids that like fear of rushing water, wind. Um, I think Izzy has a mild fear, fear of lightning, thunderstorms, but it has to be at a certain, it's not California's thunderstorms. When we were in Minnesota, she was like, uh-oh, like I just saw her get anxious. And I'm like, what are you worried about? Something's going to, lightning's going to hit something that's going to fall on me. I'm like, all right. So yeah. Those sometimes can be healed through past life regression because right. once you see it, I can't explain why, like, this is something I wish I understood why. And when I got trained by someone who's been doing it, who's done uh, research on it, like imperial data for over 10 years that said past life regressions make a difference. I was like, why? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> right. He's like, we can have some thoughts about it, but ultimately the two things you can do, and I haven't done this as much and I want to implement it more, but doing a past life, just seeing it sometimes helps release it. Yeah. Which is the same in conversation when we see an, you know, an opening. Well, it's the same thing we just said with like the, the objective part. If we can see that it's not actually a part of us or who we yeah. are, then we can let it go. Oh yeah. That's it. And then the other one is, um, or we can reproduce it. So I remember I did a past life regression. It was done to me. And I had this, I said, I know that I don't feel beautiful. I feel like I'm like good enough. Um, and I was like, whether that's the truth or not, like I want to feel like I'm beautiful. Yeah. So I went to a past life and I was this ugly, ugly, ugly <laughs> beggar lady. Like I'm talking, I'm horrible at these time periods, but I'm going to say like I hear 15th century. And what I did is I, in that past life, she gave us an opportunity to transform it. And I turned into this like amazing, powerful, strong woman who like people were like, Ooh, and it was interesting because the beauty wasn't beautiful. Just, it was like strength mm. and kindness. Yeah. So um, I'm going to implement that more, but just doing those past lives, sometimes that's what it does, seeing it, being able to recreate it in a way that we want it to be. Yeah us up. That's interesting that you say that. So I'm staying, I'm house sitting right now, which is why I'm not home, which is why I have dogs around me, but um, they have a hot tub in their backyard. And I was in there the other night and um, I was in there and I was like, I don't remember what came up. I was like, I, the thought came up of like being in a deprivation tank, you know, where you're like, yeah. and I was like, oh my God. And I got immediately anxious. And I was like, that's really weird. Why, why, am I so afraid of that? I feel like I'm good alone with my thoughts. Like it's like, you know, where it's like you have all yeah. of your senses shut off and you're just like, in, I think you're in water too. Right. Yeah. Um, which is why I was in water. That's why I was thinking about it. Cause I was like trying to slow my mind down. I was like trying to like close my eyes and just relax and be in the water. That's why I came up. And then I, st- I just like started spiraling into this. Oh my God, this is like, cause I have a fear of, of water, like large bodies of water. Um, and then I was like, Oh, like I have a fear of drowning. And it was like, I saw this, like me, like being under the water and it being like complete, like, of course, if you're underwater, you don't hear anything. Right. And it's like, it's kind of like being in a deprivation tank. Mm. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that was like, I died like that in a past life. Right. It was just like, I was having all these realizations about why I was so afraid of water. Cause I was like, yeah, isn't me being afraid of 
being alone with my thoughts, right? Like, cause I was like, I feel like I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> but it, it was literally just like dying alone. It was like being alone in there and just like being scared and nobody's around. And like, that was what I was yeah. really afraid of. And I was like, I think that was like a past life. I think I died drowning in a past life. Yeah. Weird that came up like the other day. That's, that's really interesting. I can imagine. I'm thinking I've seen enough movies where you watch someone drown and you see how quiet it is and they're struggling. Yeah. It's that struggle part before death or breaking through the surface and breathing. Yes. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm experiencing that in my life right now. Like not physically, but metaphor, like Mm. energetically I'm experiencing a rebirth. And so it's like, what do you, you have to die first. Like parts of you have to die and all this fear of death comes up. Like, and honestly, any fear is usually just a fear of dying, like at, yeah. at its core, right? It's like, if I, this happens, I'm going to die. If this happens, yeah. I'm going to die, right? So that's why I think it's also coming up is because like, phys- like energetically, I'm going through a rebirth. And so like that fear of death, all, all the ways that I'm afraid of dying are coming up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Oh, geez. So profound. This this episode, I mean, did not go as I thought it was going to go. <laughs> we really thought we were going to impart so much knowledge to all of you. And really what we're doing is like having our own little ahas. So oh, no. hopefully you're either A, enjoying it, or B, you're having your own ahas through our shares of ahas. I hope so. I feel like you have to. Don't want to waste your time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so well, maybe we should just jump to... Um, well, so I think it's important to talk about for kids when it shows up in kids. Oh, thank you. I skipped that. I was going to say you, people don't realize that we can actually have birth trauma that, that, that is like when we were actually birthed into the world and how is so traumatic that, that those fears and phobias will carry with us through our lives that we don't even realize. Conception trauma. What's that? Conception trauma. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good thought right now. I think, yeah, when you're, when you're gestating, I think Mm -hmm. that if, if the mom goes through trauma too. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That that's, I think, I believe so. Yes. But so like, cause you had mentioned um, the past life thing where you're like, you feel like you're born with it. And that triggered that of like, sometimes we, the way we're born into the world or how we were, what we take on from our mom because of her nervous system can also uh, be something we, you know, it isn't actually a part of us, but it feels like it is, you know? Yeah. Um, or it's something where it's really hard to actually pinpoint where it's coming from. Because mm-hmm. again, when <laughs> it was so funny, I was, wa- sorry, I was watching the movie Soul. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Disney. Yeah. And um, in that movie, they were talking about the, the gift of uh, being born on earth is that you forget the trauma of childbirth or something like that literally says that in the movie uh, and because we don't remember tra- being yeah. born right so anyways um that can also be uh something and because I, I wanted to relate that to children because I had an aha with Kingston one time about why he is so attached to me and why he gets kind of like anxious and um, because we, we have a secure attachment yet. He, he doesn't like, he's, it was more so like he struggles in settling down. Like I have trouble soothing him faster than I feel like I could. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and it was because after he was born, I had a C-section and I couldn't see him for like two hours. And mm-hmm. I remember being told that he was just laying there crying and nobody was like picking him up or trying to make him feel better, you know? And it was like, 
he was just upset until he came to me and then mm. I breastfed him for the first time and and it was like I was the only thing that could calm him down so I was like at some point a couple of years ago I was just like because I think it was at, during preschool I was seeing all this like separation anxiety and how it's hard for him mm. to calm down and um it that kind of came up and I was like oh my god like that's I think that's where it comes from and it's so and it can be really difficult to move through those types of things sometimes when you don't fully understand why it's there you know especially as children um but my suggestions for kids is like no matter what fear or phobia or whatever they're experiencing it is is always to validate how they feel because to them it's real to us it may not be real or really big right Mm -hmm. but to them it is and and same thing with adults but for children it's even more so like this is where we learn can we show up vulnerably can we show up messy right Mm -hmm. so it's always validating how they feel and not making them wrong for it not trying to punish them also for Mm -hmm. just like being upset like of course we can we can guide them in okay well we can't throw things or you know like we can't destroy things whatever Mm -hmm. it is if they're having a tantrum but usually that, you know, like, again, also any, any type of intense behavior is always a symptom of something they're experiencing, they're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not just because they want to be destructive. It's yeah. because something's going on within them. And it's usually a fear. It's usually, you know, something they can't explain. Like, I'm afraid they're having anxiety. And um, so my suggestion is always to validate how they feel first to get, and that generally calms the nervous system is when you mm-hmm. feel like you're being seen and okay. Yes. It's okay. Oh, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Of course. I, I feel like this, like if you immediately go to like making them wrong about it, it's just mm-hmm. going to intensify it. Um, so that's my suggestion to for children. <laughs> no, I think it's awesome because it's, it's when we were talking about putting something here for talking about kids, I kept seeing what people come to me for is like, maybe going to sleep, like I'm scared there's a monster in my closet or fear of the dark. And what I've done with clients is give kids tools. Mm -hmm. So I love there's Native American sound maker. Mm -hmm. I think those are amazing. They're actually um, a dream catchers um, are things you could put in and you tell kids what the intention is like, Hey, if you're scared, like I had, Izzy had it, but then I had a couple clients who had two that I can think of right now recently that had kids that were scared to go to bed and fear of the dark or, and the other thing is, I believe young people are sensing spirits. They're aware of things and they don't have the understanding or something scares them, you know? And so what they could do, like a spirit or sound, so you could do is like, okay, you get to control who's in your room, whether human or spirit, sound or not. So you can go in and do the sound maker and it's like, nope, everyone go away. I'm not interested in talking. I'm, And I don't tell, I tell parents, let your kids lead you yeah. when telling you what like it is that scares them and say, right. well, would you like them to go away? Yes. And I talk about it like as if it's real. And the kids will mm-hmm. sometimes say, is it really real? And you're like, I don't think so, buddy, but just in case. And then um, dream catchers is so that they're pulling in. Like, what are you pulling in that you want? Yeah. And the the other thing is I also um, giving them symbols of like, so, you know, all of us have, again, I believe all of us have spirit guides. 
And sometimes saying, oh, well, maybe we'll pick out a picture. We'll put a picture of your of a superhero who makes you like you think would protect you or we're going to get a stuffed animal. And they're like, or it's a grandparent that passed or someone that passed that they love and say, "Okay, then they're there. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's say goodnight to them because they're there to protect you while you sleep. Right. That's one way I've. I like that. Yeah, because it's 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 validating that what they're experiencing is real. And then you're giving them something to and supporting them and that's what they're going to feel supported and and they're going to be able to move through it it's just like that if we, we do with our clients except they're adults you know like giving them, <laughs> giving them tools like you yeah need the tools just as much as the, we do as adults totally yeah all right so one of the things we said we wanted to do was walk them through a couple uh tool for a phobia and tool for um a fear mm-hmm. do you want me do you, do you want to go first or second as in first, as in I'm doing it sharing for the you tool. first. I'm the tool. No, no, not being the tool. <laughs> sharing the tool. <laughs> I'll be the tool first. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't care. Sharing the tool. So um, I'll go. Yeah, so we did, when we did Theta Healing, I kind of realized I already na- naturally did this with clients, which was really cool. Um, but it gave me like a new process to look at. And Am I doing it with you or am I just explaining it? <laughs> I think maybe explaining it in ways like they could just like, so if you're wanting, if you have a phobia and you want to try this one, you can just hire Bethany, yeah. call her and you can do it. She works remotely. She can see her in person. But let's say you were like, you know, I want to give it a shot to do it on my own. So could you break down the, how they could do, try to do this on their own to have a breakthrough with a phobia? Yeah. So first you want to identify what it is, right? So I have a fear of, We'll go with, well, let's use your example of, of how I helped you with your yes. fear of needles. Needle. needles. So Aaron's was needles. And so the way that you go about it is you kind of want to put the person or yourself into a state of like, because generally if we have a fear, we want to avoid it, right? We try to avoid yeah. it at all costs. We don't want to feel it. We don't want to go near them, all of that. It's almost like exposure therapy in a sense, yeah. except it's just emotional. So I'm not going to be injecting needles into Aaron or whatever, you know, it's more so, okay, what would it's, it's asking yourself open-ended questions. Um, so what would happen if like, what am I afraid of? If I had a needle, like if there was a needle, like, what? I don't know that this is where I get tripped up because it depends. Like you can identify where it's happening in your body and like the emotion. I feel like you got to tap into the emotion of like, yeah. what am I actually afraid of? Um, and keep sharing. You could do this by yourself or sometimes it helps right. to have someone who's committed to hearing you because yeah. uh, you get both Bethany when we've done these exercises with our, our for ourselves and other people, they get squirrely. Yeah. Because they don't want to lean into the feeling and yes. you're not leaning in to feel it necessarily. You're just leaning yeah. into it like it's a, a flashlight to show you the next step to take. Right. Okay. So it's like Aaron would be afraid, like you're afraid of being injected, right? Is that's what it yes. was like? So you go into, okay, what's okay. Say there's a needle. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid of it being injected into my arm. Okay. So what, if it was injected into your arm, what are you, what would happen? Like, what are you afraid? What's of the that? worst thing that could happen? Yeah, what's the worst thing that could happen? Um, and Aaron's, I think was like, it'll get stuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good memory. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. My arm. Um, and so, okay. So if it's stuck in your arm, then what would happen? You know? And so you just kind of keep going down that rabbit hole of what would happen then? What would happen then? What would happen then? Until you get to the ending of I think um, Aaron's was like your fear that, oh, because it was like the fear of somebody else doing it to you, right? Because if you're being injected by a needle, 
somebody else did it to you and then it's stuck and then you're incapacitated and you can't get it out. That was like the whole thought yeah. process. I of- was like, I can't take it out because I'm right. going to be frozen with fear. Yes. They're, and if they don't take it out, like, so if they get stuck and they don't take it out, I'm left taking it out and I'm going to be yeah. stuck with it because I won't take it out. Right. Cause I'm too afraid to touch it because I, yeah. Like I was like, I just like, it was almost like I didn't even question. It was like, Oh, I won't take it out. Right. So therefore nothing can, nothing needles can happen in my body. You're just stuck. You're stuck with a needle in your body that it wasn't even your fault that somebody else did it to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And again, I see it as like, you know, could coming from me like a childhood trauma of, getting immunization. <laughs> I, we actually, we talked about it and I said, I keep, or you said it. I don't remember which who said it, but of course now I'm owning it. Like I, oh, I came up with the idea was like, <laughs> I felt like I was like a, a knight. And I don't know if I was a knight just, or just someone that when knights were around uh-huh. and someone struck me with a sword and I was stuck and it yeah. was like in my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I think, and my sense yeah. of it was like, oh, I died because I couldn't get the damn thing out of my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. right, so I don't want anything did it to penetrating. You. Yeah, right. I don't want someone, some, I don't want something penetrating me that was at the hand of somebody else that then now mm-hmm. I'm physically, it affects yeah. me for the rest of my life, basically. Yeah. Um, do we get to the what was the bottom of it? The bottom fear. That was uh, getting stuck, I think, was the bottom fear of being stuck with it. And then I forget how we flipped it. It's so funny because when you work on something like this, so with with theta healing, then what Bethany did is she went in, once she got to the bottom fear, she went in and did energy healing with me. Yeah. So um, you get to a place of seeing like, okay, so what did this teach you? What is your fear teaching you? So you get to the flip side of it. So it's like, I get it can be scary to say, to go into this mm. process of step-by-step, mm. step, what would happen, what would happen, right? And that is the process to do is like asking yourself, okay, what would happen if, there, if this happened? Mm-hmm. What would happen if that happened? You know, and it's basically just taking one, the next logical step each time. Yeah. Until you get to the bottom of it where you really feel like, oh, oh my God, that's it, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what you I'm really afraid it. of. Yeah feel it. You just, you just know. And then you get to the flip side of it and you say, okay, well, what did, what would all of this teach me? Right. And, and it was like, so what would, and you get to that too. And that's kind of when you're doing theta healing, you then replace it with the, replace that, the, the realizations with the fear where the fear was anyways. Um, I hope that was I can't remember what my realization was. So here's what you could do is you just keep the idea is keep going through. You can yeah. To figure out what the bottom belief system of the fear is mm-hmm. just by seeing that might have some relief for everyone or the yeah. phobia. Sorry. The phobia is. Yeah. It's a, it starts with the phobia. It gets really to a bottom belief system of a fear. Yeah. The core of the phobia. Yes. And then, Yeah you can flip it now this is a and now i'm trying to remember what my how how i said it i know i have it written down somewhere i don't know where it's at um i wonder if it's in this notebook i don't think it is though well we'll just well okay so i hope that was helpful <laughs> we're like oh shit that might not have been well, you go what's your what's your so, what you here, so another thing to do and this is so 
it's not the same as the phobia. So this is for fear. Like if you say something like, let's say you're in a meeting and you say something, you're like, oh my gosh, I went and I, you're uncertain about what you said. Let's say you feel like, oh my gosh, I sound stupid. Oh my gosh. And people are looking at me. I look, they think I'm stupid. I look stupid. I sound stupid. Okay. They must think I'm stupid. So you can stick with that or you can try going, wait, how do I know this is true? So this is a Byron Katie exercise. She's an author. Check her out if you like her. She has people come down to basic questions like, how do I know that's true? How do I really know that's true? Um, and then you ask, now I'm having a brain fart. How do I know it's, <laughs> how do I know it's really true? How do I know, like, What's the proof that that's true? Mm, And what it does is it delineates like, well, I know it's true because they just looked at me like, well, how do I know that's true that they just looked at me and think I'm stupid? What's the proof? So what it does is it has you check the reality around you Mm. with the story in your head. And so it can, you're like, actually, and it's okay to get to, I don't know if that's true. That's actually just a little relief. And if you don't know if that's true, then that's just enough. Like you can either check for it and check with people like, hey, during that meeting, did I look stupid? Or you just take that little bit of relief and like, well, it might not be true. So it's a way to unwind yourself from your story or your or what you think is happening. Yeah. Around you um, to check for re- it's like reality checking. Yeah. I have to do that with myself every single day. Um, <laughs> you <do>? yes. <laughs> uh, cause I'm telling you fears run rampant up in my head. I See, found I'm so good at asking questions. I would probably stop a meeting now and be like, Hey, I have a fear that I look stupid right now. Yeah. I would just ask because I've practiced it so much that I actually start saying it out loud before I know. Right. Um, I, I have it here actually in my, in this notebook. Oh, yay. Okay. So, the list of things that we wrote. So it was like, okay, what did you learn from this experience was like, so I'm pretty sure this is it being safe or being cautious to prepare more. Was this it in um, having intuition with people? I think it was trusting yourself, avoiding situations where you'll be harmed. Um, Discernment, understanding, compassion, and accidents happen. Were just notes that I wrote about. Does that sound like, I think, yeah, I think that that like, it would be something to trust my intuition because I'm super like, I'm vigilant. Yeah. So if it comes to like, I think something's going to hurt me. I'm That's like, what it was. the bottom belief that we got or the bottom fear was that you don't trust yourself or it was, or, uh, that's what it was. Something about trust. Yeah. With trust myself to know people. if someone's gonna. Right. Yeah. Right. That hurt. was what the bottom fear is. And then it was, and it was like, yeah. And then I got, and, but then what you do is other than the energy work, which is phenomenal, I highly recommend it. But the other piece is also like, oh, but what did I get out of this? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I can release the fear and just hold on to the lesson or the, right. um, the gold from this. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was just exactly. talking to someone today and they had an exchange with someone and they were um, talking about what didn't work about the exchange. Like, well, they said this and they were defending. Mm. And I said, you know, I wish people, one of the things I work with people and I try to get them to get to is we don't always have to defend that. Like, we know I wasn't trying to do that. 
the, maybe an, an alternative is to say, oh my gosh, I had a total breakthrough. Yeah. I realized I didn't show up with my inner, my, my values. When I interacted with you yesterday and we had, and you got upset with me, I didn't show up clearly with my values. Thank you for the aha. Let me restate what my values are. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, no, that wasn't my intention. Oh, I'm sorry. That's how you heard it. And it's like, that right. stuff, it's like, no. So to me, when there's phobia or fear, sometimes it's like, you can release that fear, the defense or all that and be like, actually, I just want to take the gold. Yeah. But right to the top. Yes. Yeah, totally. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> Zoot to know. Fear and phobias. Yeah, you can do it on your own. <laughs> When's the last time we had such a nice windy turn in um, an episode? Okay, everyone, you could t- uh, message us because I don't think it's it's been a while since we just like were like having epiphanies going, wait, shit, yeah. what were we going to say about that? And- I know. That was awesome. Um, that's, I feel like those are always the best ones though, when we go off on a tangent and yeah, whatever it's yeah going to happen. So let us know if you think it's the best one (laughs) listeners. Do you could tell us? Yeah. This was the best episode yet. I think we're done. Yeah, I think so. All right. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, feel free to book a session with Bethany. If you want to do phobias (laughs) like if you're, if this does not help you or only gets you so far, (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> you can do it remotely it's yeah it's very painless follow us on instagram we do have a new page being yes. experiential pod is the handle on instagram or you can and then also follow both of us me at empowering authenticity Aaron at the air uh, the real Aaron prude i fucked up yours this time <laughs> what are you gonna call it i was i don't know i said the Aaron. i was gonna say the Aaron prude i don't know yeah the, I like Aaron it. Pruitt. the real Aaron prude is what it is yes yeah. Anyways. All right. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>